Hey, I'm Kevin Burke, 93 Dizzy Dean World Series champion. My eight-year-old team won 50 games last year, and I have so many rings and trophies, I can't even keep up with them all. Wait, you're saying nobody cares? That that That's not going to get my kid to the big leagues? All right, all right. Let's talk about what really matters. Welcome to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. First-hand and real-time experience, stories, advice, and lessons learned. Some the hard way by me, a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. I'm Kevin Burke. Excited to be with you this week. And today's topic, do you overcoach? And based on my unscientific years of experience, you do. And if you do, you're causing more harm than good. The good news is you're not alone and it can be fixed. Now, I say this every single week, but I do it too. Um, Nobody is immune. All of us with the best of intentions do this. However, um, I wrote about this back in 2019. One of the very first things I wrote about got a lot of, I think, uh, good interaction and feedback back when we had a very small community. And because I see this every single week, I see it at practices, I see it at games, I see it in tournaments. Um, I thought it would be good to go ahead and do a podcast episode about it. So I'm in the process of doing several other interviews. As I've said on, on previous episodes, I've got an SEC pitching coach. I've got Mike Steele from the Cleveland Indians. We're going to do another episode and we're going to continue to do episodes specifically around questions and answers from, from listeners. Um, I've got a, an SEC from a different school, um, um, orthopedic surgeon who's on staff at a um an sec school and i've got several others lined up so working on that it just takes time so this week i wanted to revisit a topic that is uh, very prevalent and it's over coaching before i get started just a few quick reminders make sure if you're not already go to get type in your email address and i'll send you an email every time i post a new episode or article Also, consider becoming a premium subscriber. Premium subscribers help out with just some of the overhead that it takes to record and continue to publish Elbow Up. So the more supporters that I get, the more content I can produce. Again, that's actually at getelbowup.com. Once you subscribe, um, you'll see the option for that. If you have questions, let me know. Also, uh, make sure that you find me on Facebook. It's uh, the page is Elbow Up Youth Baseball. And I'm really trying to put some additional content, just some quick updates over the weekend on there. And so make sure you're following the page and even turn on notifications so every time I post, you get something. Also, if you're on Twitter or Instagram, I'm at elbow underscore up on Twitter and then elbow up baseball on Instagram. So um, let's jump right into today's topic. Do you overcoach? If so, you're causing more harm than good. However, you're not alone. Now, close your eyes, or if you're driving and listening to this, please don't close your eyes, but think about what I'm going to say, right? So just picture eight or nine-year-old Tommy stepping into the on-deck circle. He takes a couple of swings, 
halfway distracted by everything that's happening around him in the stands, on the field, everybody that he hears. One of his coaches, who also is his dad, looks over at him. You're dropping your hands. Come on, swing like you will in the game. Get ready. Tommy tries to refocus, but before he's able to take another swing, the previous batter is out, and now he's up to bat. He trots out to the batter's box, excited for the opportunity to get to hit. Back up in the box. Look at your feet. Get that elbow up. Swing and miss. You're pulling your head out. Keep your head down. Foul ball. You're stepping out. You have to step to the pitcher. You're never going to be able to hit. Swing and miss. Strike three. Now Tommy trots back to the dugout, only to be met by his coach, who, remember, is his dad, who repeats everything he just said over the past three pitches. Already somewhat embarrassed, Tommy is disheartened. Not necessarily because he struck out, but because he just received seven different instructions during a live at-bat in a game. He struck out in front of everyone, and worst of all, he feels like he'll never be able to do anything his dad told him to do. It's a vicious cycle that happens every weekend. I see it in games I coach. I see it in games I watch. I'm personally guilty at times, although I'm a lot better than I used to be. And it's only going to get worse. It's, it's like this snowball. And the first time, these kids shrug their shoulders. The second time, they're like, oh. and by the third and fourth time, they're not even thinking about hitting anymore. They're already dreading running back to the dugout because whether it's the dad or their co- coach or the coach who's his dad, you know, the parent that's standing out there, they know that they're going to be met with something they did wrong. Now, Overcoaching is one of the worst things you can do as a parent or coach. I have personally fought this for years. It's worse if you're a dad. So I tend to not do this as much with other kids, but I'm, I'm worse with my own. And again, I'm better than I was, but it's something that I still struggle with today. And I see this on our team. I see it on every team. Uh, it's something that is just, it, it's, it's an, <laughs> I'm not trying to make light, but it's, it's really an epidemic. It's something that the kids can't just go play. And then what happens is they start thinking about what they're going to be told rather than hitting. And now all of a sudden, you know, one pitch into the at-bat, they're already dreading going back to the dugout. It really becomes debilitating to the player. And it amplifies any failure they may experience on the field. At this age, if they don't have it or know it before they get into that batter's box, they're not going to. And this is for coach pitch. I've been lately focused more on player pitch, but this is for almost every age group. Now, keep in mind, there are certainly times to teach during a live game. I'm not saying that you sit over there and be quiet. Now, I do think, and this is a whole other episode, Parents need to be in the stands, they need to watch, they need to cheer, and that's it. And that's somewhat controversial, but I'll address it at at another time. But situational learning happens in a game because it's very difficult to replicate in practice, especially at a young age. 
working on who covers second, who the cut man is, where to throw the ball in certain situations. Those are all things I might mention to a player between batters or innings in a positive and instructional way. So they get feedback as soon as it happens and while it's fresh. Hitting and pitching mechanics are not that easy to learn during the middle of the game. They're, they're not easy at all. They're very difficult. These are things that should be practiced over and over and over and over before the game. This is what you do at home during the week. This is what you talk about at practice so that when they get in the game, it's a learned movement. Think about it. Things like keeping your head in, things like your, your stride or your load or where your hands are, like those are all mechanical things that should be ironed out before the game. If not, then you're probably not taking enough reps. I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, and again, I've been guilty, and there have been times where my son only swings two times a week at practice, right? And then he shows up for the game. And at practice, he only gets, you know, maybe 15 swings, maybe 20 if we're lucky. So he's not developing muscle memory there. He has to take that bucket of balls or two buckets of balls like he did today off the tee in the garage into the net to work on that muscle memory so that now when he gets out on the field, he's just worried about seeing the ball and hitting the ball. But if we as coaches and we as parents interject every single pitch, exactly what they're doing wrong. The next, I mean, think about this. Hitting a baseball is hard, guys. Very difficult. And so you really should be focused on the situation, what your job is at that moment, and then seeing the ball. And as you get older, you know, is it a fastball? Is it a curveball? Is it something off speed? Where is it? Should I swing? Not where are my hands? Am I keeping my head out? Am I stepping out? Like all those things have to be worked on before. Now, I could talk on and on about why this is bad. <clears throat> but how do you and how do we avoid the overcoaching trap? And the first one, <laughs> this is not rocket science, but it's extremely difficult, extremely and my, my recommendation is to just stop. Just relax. Let the kids enjoy the game. I'm seeing this in my own son. You know, two years ago, he struck out, not a big deal. Now that we've started talking about situations and we've started working on mechanics out of, outside of the game, it bugs him. And so he comes off and, he, and he's thinking about it. I don't need to add to the pressure by telling him the 5011 things that he did wrong in the at bat. Remember my number one goal. And this is for 7U, 8U, 9U, 10U, 11U, honestly up to 15U probably. If they aren't enjoying the game, they're going to lose interest and they're never going to get better. I've I've personally experienced this and this is part of why I do elbow up. I found that I came to a point when my younger son just wasn't into it. And it was my fault. It was every time he did something, I was critiquing it. 
So he couldn't just have fun. It's also something that at this age, they've just got to kind of learn. They need to fail. And when they fail enough, they'll figure it out or they'll at least want to figure it out. And at that point, they're asking or they're interested. All right. Secondly, focus on one small thing at a time, but not during the game and practice it over and over and over. I've often wondered how many of these dads and coaches that are barking multiple commands during an at-bat actually spend hours each week working on these commands. If you practice, your maybe a crude example, but if you practice your spelling for five minutes each week, how is your child going to do on a spelling test? Probably not very good. Same thing with multiplication. Uh, my, my son was in third grade this year, so that's what he did. It, and you could tell the weeks where we spent less time, he didn't do as well. It, it's no different. If you go to one team practice in a week and then spend five minutes talking about the swing in the car on the way home, how can you expect different results? We're talking about eight-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds. They don't have the body, the strength. They don't have the ability to control some things. How are we going to just tell them one time and then they get it? Focus on one small incremental improvement at a time and then spend time working on it. We've actually started doing this with my younger son. I mean, of course, there's multiple things he could do better just like every kid at this age. So ours is, is nine. But we've started on one thing, and it's not even mechanical. He keeps hit, he, He's so far ahead, he's hitting the ball out front. He's not waiting on the ball to get to him. And, you know, somebody told me one time years ago, hitting is really easy. You just want to be on time and hit it hard. Well, the being on time part is hard. It's difficult to do, especially when you're learning to hit. But that's, that's really all we're talking about. We're not really talking about any, any mechanical things. Because if I've got him worried about his hands and his hips and his back leg or his front foot and seven other things, then how's he going to be on time? Now, when we get on time and we're hitting the ball hard, let's tweak some of the mechanical things, Right. All right, so first, just stop and relax. Let the kids enjoy the game. Secondly, focus on one small thing at a time, but not during the game. And then do it over and over and over, and you'll start to see incremental results. Now, third, this is the toughest one, but it's reality, and I've learned the hard way. Realize and come to grips with the fact that your child is 6 or 8 or 10 or 12. They're still kids, and they don't pick up everything super quick. Maybe Xbox or or iPhones or iPads. (laughs) But it's going to take time. Baseball is is a tough sport, and many movements in baseball are advanced and can be very difficult to replicate, even for kids who are advanced learners. There are some kids who are really good athletes. They have much better control of their body, but it's still hard. The average 6 to 12-year-old does not. I consider my own son to be very smart. He is like a sponge, and he remembers everything. 
But when he doesn't do it right on the tee or even in the game, it's not because he can't remember it. He doesn't have the body control or the strength or the maturity to execute some of these movements that we work on or that we did work on. And that's okay because one day he will have that body control. And as long as I haven't pushed him away from the game, and guys, I'm going to repeat that. One day he will be able to do what I tell him or instruct him or some coach instructs him. And here's the key, and this is what should this is the take home. One day he will be able to do what you say, but you better hope he still is listening and he still is interested and he still likes baseball. I promise you he'll figure it out as long as you haven't pushed him away from the game. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be negative. The kids have to enjoy it. The moment they quit enjoying it and this becomes a job, then you've lost them. They're not going to get better. They're not going to try. And I learned that the hard way with really my older son, but I started seeing it with my younger son who was above average what I would consider fairly advanced for a 9U. But he wasn't interested. Now, when I backed off and I let him play and I, I focused on making it fun, you know what? He might have gone 0 for 3 for nine games in a row. But I didn't pressure him because I needed him to work through it, and I knew he would as long as he maintained interest in the game and being there. So next time you catch yourself overcoaching, stop Sit back, relax, and just enjoy the game. Enjoy the the time to spend with your kids. Enjoy the time and the opportunity, the privilege that we get as coaches and parents to be out there with our kids. Work on those incremental improvements during the week, and I promise you'll then watch your son or your team get better over time. Now, in addition to that, please, 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 I have an ask of you, a couple of things. If you got the email that this was sent in, please share it with somebody. Send it to one, two, three, five people. Um, Let them read it. Ask them to subscribe. Also, uh, if you're on iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts, whatever your your podcast player is, please leave a rating, a five-star rating, preferably um, a comment as well. The algorithms that serve up the the, the content on those definitely like the, the engagement and the interaction. So I would appreciate anything you can do there. Also, um, if you haven't already, like I said at the beginning, go to getelbowup.com, type in your email address and just hit submit. Um, I will not spam you. I, I just will send an email every time I post an episode or an article. And if you're interested, check out the premium subscription option. It's super cheap for what you get. And it just helps me support the work that I do. Um, and the more support I have, the more content I can put out. So I hope you guys have a great week. Um, work on some of this stuff. Send me an email. Send me a note. Send me a comment. Let me know how it's going. If you want to hear about specific topics, let me know that as well. As I said earlier, I'm working on a few interviews that I think everybody's going to really love, but I'm always open to ideas and questions. So send those to me, and I look forward to hearing from you. Talk to you next time. We'll be right back.